On October 25th, the deadliest shooting in the history of the state of Maine occurred, in which a Army reservist named Robert Card went into a bar and into a bowling alley and murdered 18 people and injured 13. A two-day manhunt ensued for Robert Card, and the authorities found him uh, dead of an inflicted, a self-inflicted gunshot wound uh, two days later. Now, the... The story with Robert Card, a lot of people have been talking about the gun control measures of, you know, the state of Maine and which are fairly lax as far as uh, state gun control measures go. But the narrative behind what happened with uh, this mentally unstable man having access to these firearms is I, I struggle to find the correct word. It's, it's appalling, but I'm going to read through the short timeline of uh, what went on with this guy. So uh, Card had underwent a mental health evaluation last summer after other soldiers in his unit accused him of being a pedophile. Now, I couldn't find any extra information on those accusations. That's all it said in the narratives that I could find. So don't know what's up with that. But he shoved a fellow soldier and he locked himself in his room during his training while in New York, officials said. Uh, a bulletin was sent to the police shortly after uh, that attack. And Card had, uh, had had been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks after hearing voices and threats to shoot up people in his head at a military base. On September 15th, a sheriff's deputy was sent to visit him at his home for a wellness check. Uh, the request came from his reserve unit after a soldier said that Card was going to snap and commit a mass shooting because hearing he was hearing voices in his head again. I underlined that word. So this apparently happened a lot. Uh, the deputy went to his trailer, but he couldn't find him. And he went again to his trailer the next day and couldn't find him. The sheriff's department was sent out on a statewide alert uh, to help locate him and warning people that he was known to be armed and dangerous. This is a month and a half or about a month before the shooting uh, and that officers, officers should use extreme caution. By this time, Card's Reserve Unit had grown sufficiently concerned that it had decided to take away his military issued firearms, which was a weird thing for me to read because in the military your military issued firearms stay in the arms room on the base you can't take them home like everyone's assigned a weapon but you can't you know go to the barracks with them you can't take them home so you know taking away his firearms that were issued by the military essentially meant that he couldn't go to the armory and check them out and take them to the field so i mean a good move but it wouldn't help you know stop a mass shooting because he wouldn't have had those weapons at home uh the sheriff um Army spokesperson Lieutenant Colonel Ruth Castro confirmed that account, adding that Card was also declared non-deployable, good idea, and that multiple attempts were made to contact him with uh, no results. According to the deputy's report, after visiting his home, they reached out to his reserve unit commander who assured him that the Army was trying to get treatment for him. The commander also said that he thought it was best to let, Carl, to let Card have some time to himself for a bit. Uh, great move by the commander right there. Uh, the deputy then reached out to Card's brother. His brother said that he had taken Robert's firearms and put them in a gun safe in the family farm and would work with their father to move the gun somewhere else and to make sure Card couldn't get other firearms. Uh, authorities recovered a multitude of weapons while searching for Card and the shooting was believed and uh, the shooting and he believed that he had legally purchased them, including two rifles and a handgun. So for over a month and, and actually longer than that, because this was a, a recurring problem in his uh, Army Reserve unit that this guy had some serious mental health issues. Uh, the cops came to check on him twice. 
knowing that he had firearms and just took the word of his family members that they had hid the firearms from them and the shooting happened. So um, I don't know like all the, 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 the laws for the state of Maine and like uh, he did try to purchase a silencer. That was the one part of this story where the, where like the rules actually worked where uh, he pre-ordered the silencer and they shipped it to uh, like a firearms uh, merchant and he went to pick it up. But before you pick it up, you have to fill out an application talking about your mental health history. And he admitted that he had been, you know, uh, seen from uh, held for mental health care for two weeks. And the guy at the store wouldn't give him the uh, give the silencer because he would lose his license too. That's the only you know uh, link in this chain that actually worked. But like, I just want to like pass it over to you, Desmond. That there's a lot to go over there. But what the hell is going on here with like we we uh, the Republicans love talking talking about mental health, but this guy had every red flag possible. And yeah. they they took their sweet ass time uh, checking on him and removing firearms from him. Like I I don't know. Okay, so there's so many different things to say here. Um, first and foremost, the very first um, it was either the first or second week of our show back in May. Back in May, there was the shooting that happened down in Texas, and that shooter uh, shot up a mall, and I believe that the manifesto or whatever letter that was left behind by that shooter. The words of that shooter have been sticking with me ever since then. And, and they're going to, I think they're going to be vital to how I approach, unfortunately, all of these mass shootings going forward, which is he said that the media is always so consumed with everything going on about the shooter. They can't help themselves. They never talk about the victims. And so I want to start off by talking about, the victims here about all the different people who lost their lives. Um, tragically, you know, there's 18 people who are now dead because this person had access to these guns and went out on a rampage. Time and time again, we hear this narrative coming from, you know, people who are, you know, more conservative and, and also some on the left who say that, you know, you know, our guns don't kill people, people kill people, or they'll say that, you know, like, uh, well, you know, like there's places like Chicago and, and other like major cities that have all these strict gun laws, but yet they have high rates of gun violence. It is obvious to me time and time and again that the people who are against any kind of gun regulation, they don't care what the death toll is. They don't. They really don't. They don't care what the death toll is. Like, it doesn't matter if it's 18, 1800, 18,000, 18 million. They do not care. They do not care. For the rest of us, the conversation has to be a little more, has to be a little more nuanced because we actually give a shit, right? And when I come to this story, as I've come to all these stories in the past, there has to be two different ways of looking at this. On one end, if you are in the belief that more gun regulations are going to lead to an end of gun violence, that is just not true. As long as the Second Amendment exists in this country, there will always be gun violence. However, the problem is that people that people have with stories like this is they don't want to like essentially just say the quiet part out loud, which is we have to just try to reduce as much as we can. If you're going to keep the Second Amendment in this country, then you have to work on reducing the amount of gun violence. And while red flag laws and you know assault weapons bans aren't going to stop all mass shootings or stop all gun violence, they will reduce it. And that reduction is worth it. 
these bans might not end gun violence, but they will reduce gun violence. And also, we can't just have them in individual states. Because if Maine yep. cracks down on their on their gun laws, but New Hampshire keeps theirs just the way that they are, it's not that hard to drive across a state line. It just isn't. And so when people talk about Chicago, for instance, they forget to mention the fact that Chicago borders Indiana and they have very lax gun laws in Indiana. So it's not that hard to just drive across the state line, come back. We need national laws that target you know, these red flag situations, these assault weapons bans, someone like uh, Zicard here should never have been able to possess this gun in the first place. And that will never be a reality unless we have some kind of national ban on people who are having mental instabilities from having access to these weapons in the first place. Bombshell, what is your thoughts on everything that happened with the shooting in Maine? Um, I mean... Uh, the, even today, the day we recorded this, there have been even more shootings. So, I mean, it's just part of who we are, like worldwide. Like you speak to anyone inter that's internationally, um, you know, familiar with American culture. We are the shooting country. Like that's what we're known for. Um, I myself, you know, I, I believe in socialist values. Um, at what point Marx made an address to the committee that you know you can't allow workers to lose access to guns um, and any attempt to take the guns from the workers should be frustrated with force if necessary i believe is a fairly um accurate quote of what he said yep. um but i mean that lends itself to like we have so many other problems like it it's just so compound um we don't even I mean, most workers don't even support the idea of workers' rights anymore. So it's just like, I'm not sure where to even start to address the problem. Um, but I don't necessarily think going all the way to limiting access to guns and taking guns away is the solution because it scares me. Just like the thought of um, taking, you know, the just people's ability to defend themselves away from them. Um, but then, you know, there, there's smart weapons now. There's drones. There's like, you know, tanks and most police stations have tanks. Uh, or, you know, warthogs are armored vehicles of some sort. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just such a huge complex issue. And I mean, this was literally, you know, I mean, he was like National Guard, but like he was one of the soldiers of this country. And if they don't even have the processes to like really accurately, you know, flag someone as a danger and then remove that sense of danger. I mean, what is the hope of doing that with the average citizen? Um, so I don't know. It's just a, such a huge complex issue that really stems in my opinion from just our divorce from any kind of like workers values or like a sense of having something to defend because right now like most people who are you know of the democratic party or of what would be the more liberal party of america are pretty adamant against guns um in my experience anyway um not even you know like sensible gun ownership but literally like a blanket stance against guns um so i don't know we've come so far from them being considered tools or you know means to hunt with now it's mostly just recreation and self-defense um 
my opinion is that it, it's just so complex. I, I, I don't see a solution, honestly. Okay, what do you think? I mean, it's the guns. <laughs> like, um, it's it's the guns. It's the gun. Um, but I mean, uh, to to piggyback on what Bob said, I mean, there are countries that have guns like Japan. You can have guns. Japan. There, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do to have a gun in yep. Japan. Like you have to register with the police. You have to fill out this whole thing. There's a huge ordeal of bureaucracy, and you can have your gun. And there are only certain you know, ways in which you can take your gun out and go use your gun. Like, if you want to go buck hunting or whatever, it's cool. And, like, we <laughs> need something like like that, you know. And, you know, if you look at this situation, like, going on what TJ was saying, whole comedy of errors. Like, the Army or, uh, knew the dude was having some mental health issues. Uh, they told the police. They told the guy's family. They... Like they took the guns away, they took his military weapons from him. The, the brother says that you know they took whatever weapons away from him and they hit him, whatever. But I mean, it's super easy to get guns. Like you can just like easily get the gun. Like taking his guns away, like those people taking those guns away would not, you know, have really changed the situation. Would have just made it happen at a later date, you know. And like you know, the police are under no obligation to protect us or anything like that, according to the Supreme Court. So. Like whether like doesn't matter whether or not they knew that he was you know going to be a threat or something like that. They're not in, under any obligation to protect him. He had threatened you know to go to city hall and shoot up city hall or something like that. You know they would have protected city hall. They're under obligation to protect that. Um, so like there, this needs to be like a massive amount of common sense. Like gun laws, restrictions, well, like it, it's all the stuff that the Republicans don't want to have to have happen. Basically, like needs to happen. I mean, like it's not mental health, although everybody wants to say mental health or whatever, especially in this case because the guy clearly had some mental health issues. But like other countries have mental health issues, and they don't have mass shootings the way that we have mass shootings. Like we've had mass shootings in between this mass shooting. It's going to be a mass shooting sometime next week that everybody's going to be talking about. Like this is America. Yeah. So like it, it, until we address that the issue is the guns and that there needs to be like more than just like having red flag laws because like there were like all of the red flags were raised people still died <laughs> you know it couldn't have gotten more red flag than that you know other than him like leaving his house live streaming okay this is where i'm going to and i'm about yeah. to do whatever and like sending that link directly to the police department and they probably still would not have done anything they might have just been hanging outside the bowling alley forever like they were over in uvalde so we got to talk about the guns at the end of the day it, it's got to be some restrictions on the guns and how people can use guns and go out with them and what type of guns that people can have. We have to reduce this somehow. So like that, that's it. Like, I don't want to talk about mental health when it comes to mass shooting, like mental health is not a problem. It's just what everybody wants to make the problem. Yeah. I'm, I just, I mean, I say there's no solution, but I mean, I guess what I honestly trying to say is, there's no simple solution um, without like a huge cultural shift. Um, I just, I can't see us tackling. I mean, we have so many huge business interests that just in, completely involved, like the NRA that 
all they do is just roadblock any attempt to try to like change things for the better or, or at all rather yeah um, i mean it's just like you can 3d print a gun like guns are getting so crazy accessible um i just i can't see it being solved um by doing anything other than address it and it i think the mental health isn't even the issue that's the byproduct of the issue we have a culture that doesn't take care of people until the point they feel desperate they they enter mental health crisis and honestly just in my opinion it's it's our culture and as was just mentioned by ek you know this doesn't really happen anywhere else so it's certainly something we're doing um and i just think it's it's just a really big problem that there's like banning all guns um for example like a blank a blanket ban like the like this, there was just an assassination in japan where you can't access a gun he made a gun um i mean it's just yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, you, you squeeze there and then the balloon gets bigger somewhere else. So uh, again, I'm just not sure that there's a simple solution. It would, it would take a cultural shift in my opinion. TJ, so, we haven't really uh, heard your opinion yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You... So, uh, I, I agree that, um, a bl- so a blanket ban on weapons, I don't support it uh like philosophically not just because of the marx quote you know by no pretext and everything under no pretext thing but it's it's not practical and there there are just too many guns here you couldn't possibly do it if you wanted to and uh it's funny you mentioned uh japan uh bombshell because i wrote down here about the assassination in japan uh so i think that japan has the right idea or pretty much everyone else has the right idea when it comes to firearms that um it's crazy that like pretty much anyone can just go buy a gun and states do have laws that you know you got to pass background checks or you have to like jump through a hoop or two but it's nothing difficult and pretty much everywhere if like i wanted to sell you guys a gun as a personal sale there's no no rules like a lot of states you can just do that and and that and that is wild that is insane even when i was a kid i thought it was crazy that uh, so I, I was in high school, I was in Missouri and every like around this time, November, uh, deer hunting season came up and everyone would, uh, get all excited, uh, you know, head out into the woods, you know, and freeze their asses off in the hope of shooting some, you know, poor defenseless animal. And, uh, I remember like kids would bring their guns, their rifles to school, like, because they would leave like, on Friday night to go hunting that weekend. Yeah. And it was like, guns were just a, uh, a ubiquitous part of the culture, but uh, I remember making a joke when I was in high school that it's really odd that if you go to buy a gun and uh, you're like, oh, what do you need this gun for? It's like, well, uh, I need to go shoot some animals. Like, okay, well, you need to take some classes. You need to uh, prepare for this. You got to wear certain clothes. You got to check all these boxes. But if you go to buy a gun, they ask, what's this gun for? And you say, in case I need to shoot a human being, They're like, oh, here you go. Here's your gun. That's like, that's, that's weird. Why? What? That, that seems kind of effed up. Like it should be, it, it should be, it should be more difficult to get, uh, a license to buy a firearm than it is to get a driver's license. Like it should be like you're getting a pilot's license. Like there should there should, they need to have uh you know very thorough background checks on you, uh, mental health evaluations, classes to teach you. Like like conservatives like talk about how you know well we give 17 year olds uh, rifles uh, in the army and that's true, but 
if uh, anyone who's been to, to military basic training knows you show up for basic training, you don't even touch a firearm for like a month and a half. You 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 are given instructions on uh, how it works, how to clean it, how to assemble it, how to disassemble it, how to take care of it, how to how to you know keep it dry. Like you get classes on how to hold it and uh, how to control your breathing. This is for like six weeks before you ever fire your first round. And every round that you fire, you are watched like a hawk by your sergeant to make sure that this is done safely. And when you're not firing on the range, it's locked up. That is not the system we have for purchasing a firearm in the United States. It's a lot more lax. And like it should be that difficult for anyone to have a firearm. And uh, what I wrote down for the assassination in Japan is that so it is very difficult to get a weapon like that in Japan. So if you want to assassinate somebody, you got to put in the work. And this guy put in the work. Like he basically st uh, strung together a bunch of fireworks and then rigged it with an electric trigger. I mean, I, I Americans are not that creative. We are not going to be doing that. <laughs> I, I, I would have a lot of confidence that, you know, we're shootings are not going to happen like that. We, 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 we don't have that kind of creativity. But another thing a bombshell mentioned was... Uh, that would force that type of creativity. <laughs> well, but yeah, but if yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah, people with me, but but the shootings would be a lot less because you know when you put roadblocks in front of doing something, fewer and fewer people are likely to do it. Yes. And uh, uh, what you mentioned with the gun culture thing is that I saw an incredible map uh, from the I think it was the 2016 election when Trump got elected, 2016 election, and it showed like the the map maps uh, that showed the the predictors of how you would vote like if you were black you were more likely to vote for a democrat if you were you know uh a white male you're more likely to vote for republican if you're a woman more than ever you know the, the ones you'd pretty much guess the number one predictor in the entire nation like the the the, the strongest correlation was if you owned a firearm if you owned a firearm you were almost guaranteed to vote for a republican so uh, that cultural shift will be very difficult because like for a lot of people, it is crazy, but it's their number one issue because everyone thinks that they're Rambo and that they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to be the hero that stop a mass shooting, which what oddly enough did happen here in Indiana, like, like 10 miles away from me at a mall that I go to all the time. There was a mass shooting in Indiana where uh, a guy, I think he killed six or seven people. And there was a kid there. I mean, he, I don't think he was like 21 or 22. And he had a hand, he had a handgun with him. And he fired, I think, seven shots at the uh, shooter and hit him like five times. Like, credit where credit's due. Like, I couldn't do that. I mean, that, that, that was an incredible shooting. But that's incredibly rare. Usually, you know, the crossfire goes bad or no one knows who is the shooter. But yeah, I think that solving it is possible. It would just take uh, a lot more uh, political will that or uh, capital than we have right now. Uh, it uh, just making it incredibly difficult to buy a firearm. You know, I kind of want to close out the conversation just by giving a, a quick aside here. We could spend the next two hours talking about this one issue and we yeah. would not solve it because there is so many there's so many different subsections to this conversation. It, it really is an incredibly complicated issue for a lot of different reasons. Although some people want to be very binary about this and say like, oh, it's either it's, you know, it's either get rid of all the guns or you don't care about gun violence. It, it, it's not that simple. It really never has been. But I will say for those people who are looking for any kind of a solution, I've always been of the belief system that 
you're not going to get rid of gun violence, but there are things that are worth enacting that will reduce gun violence. And that's worth it. That's worth it to me. Uh, red flag laws, the way that they would operate. I think there's a lot of gray area to them. I think it'd be careful how you kind of go about enacting them. But mm -hmm. essentially, if you have a national database that kind of like essentially flags certain people for not being, they shouldn't be allowed to have a firearm, be able to purchase a firearm. That system, if it had been in place, nationally speaking, would have prevented most of the mass shootings that you have seen over the course of the last several years. That is something, and again, will it stop all gun violence? No. Will it stop all mass shootings? No. But how many more people would be alive if that was actually put into place? That's worth investing into, in my opinion. I think these are the kind of conversations that we should be having going forward. Yeah, I mean, one last thing. Um, I I know if there's someone that's, you know, maybe center or not typically leftist that's listening, they might be seething right now um, and would probably reference the Constitution, um, Second Amendment. Um, the Second Amendment reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I honestly think the current state of gun rights is a complete misinterpretation of the Second Amendment. Um, it very clearly starts with a well-regulated militia. Um, so I just want to add to the conversation that I don't even think we're doing what was originally intended. Um, they intended for firearms to be for a well-regulated militia. And just as it was mentioned in the military, you would check that weapon out to have access to it, not necessarily have free and, you know, unfettered access to any firearm. Um, and I just want to make sure to mention that. Whenever you have like these discussions about uh, gun control, like you always get some, you know, some fucking chud that comes on there and says, uh, <laughs> shall not be infringed. And I, I love when I get those because it's like, look, man, I don't care what James Madison said. For, for first of all, you don't understand what he said, but I don't care what James care. Madison said. And it's very weird that you do. Like, you know, he 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 died 200 years ago. Like, it is insane to think that even if that's what he meant, which he didn't, like that you would say, well, you know, this guy who would be mystified by a dishwasher, like we should listen to what he has to say. Like, of course he knows what he knows what's going on. It's it's fucking wild. I I, I don't know, like like once again, it goes to how the founding fathers were gods and that we there we must follow their every dictation. It's super strange.